Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko, welcoming back after a, a, a week's absence. Uh, we'll start with our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi, Greg. Good to How see you? you back here. Oh, thank you. And uh, joined by almost as always, Todd Wolverton. Todd, good to see you back, sir. Good to see you, Greg. Todd, this is uh, the <laughs> third variation of facial hair I've seen on you in two weeks. Um, it, it looks nice. Yeah. Your lighting is much better. I'll say you're in the new digs, or at least, are they new digs or temporary digs? Uh, I guess we're referring to them as new digs. Um, okay. Yes, the lighting's have... much better. We can see all the wrinkles. There you go. All the wrinkles are there. <laughs> <laughs> and my used car salesman mustache, so, or else bookkeeper mustache. So, I'll, I'll I will say this because it is so. I'll be nice and say fair colored. It you can hardly tell it's there. <laughs> I you know if you're listening to the podcast with this, you need to go on YouTube and see Todd's face. <laughs> just to just to look at this guy and go, oh God, what happened? <laughs> we else. could barely I'm tell he to... had a beard two weeks ago yeah <laughs> and now and he posted he posted a photo on facebook and he looked like a guy who uh, you know would be burying bodies in the wood i thought he looked really good <laughs> because uh you know put it this way if he stood next to me someplace and two people walked up to us i would look like uh the reasonable human being and people would look at him and then they do you know the shit that people have done to me all my life where you walk up to a police officer and he automatically reaches for his belt you know that kind of shit because that's basically how people have responded to me most of my life they would do, have done that to todd with his beard on instead of me and i, I thought the beard was that. doing the beard was doing pretty good my kids liked it my wife was non-committal probably because she didn't want to hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. but I got two very, very strong thumbs down from my parents. I've never, my parents have never been as negative about anything I've done in my life as that beard. I didn't do it for them. I've got tired of scratching all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you knew they were going to write you out of the will. Well, yeah, I didn't want to take any chances <laughs> of that either. You have so. to put like beard wax on it or something. To yeah. Get rid of the well, you know, here's a little bit of irony. It, I, you know, when I opened up Facebook today, you know how they do that five years ago and six years ago? Yeah, it was on this day. Yeah, on this day, seven years ago, I posted a picture of John and me. And John and I were, I, I, I can't believe it. It seems like it had to be more than seven years ago. I don't know. But John and I were in San Diego. Oh, that's right. And uh, we didn't know each other was there. I was out there for a convention and, and John and Heidi went out to see their daughter. And um, I saw posted on Facebook when I got back to the hotel room, a picture that John had just posted with Heidi by the big statue of the sailor kissing the gal. And um, I just immediately responded back to John. I said, you don't happen to be in San Diego. Yep. And so long story short, we weren't staying that far away from each other. We met down in the gaslight district and had dinner that night. But anyway, the picture that I posted, my uh, comment was, 
neither of us look like this today. <laughs> so in seven years, we've gotten older, crustier. Meaner. Tougher. Meaner. Deader. But now we have Greg in our life. Yeah, to keep us young. <laughs> I um, So uh, real quick, before we go further, we have to thank our unofficial sponsor of the week. And while you can't tell because it's in this nondescript green plastic cup, it is Sprite, a product of the Coca-Cola company. Sprite, obey your thirst. Sprite, the best thing to drink when you have an upset tummy. Oh, well, that doesn't sound good. I, uh, we, we, the house caught a stomach bug uh, about two nights ago. Um, actually, I just wrapped up recording one of my other podcasts Monday night, and I hear commotion upstairs. And I said, well, that can't be good. Hear mo- more commo- commotion upstairs. Put down my ear put- earpods, <laughs> earpods, go upstairs. Uh, my, my wife and my oldest boy uh, had thrown up. So, uh, they had a very fun, uh, Monday night of she throws up, he throws up. She throws up, he throws up. And uh, that lasted almost all night. Uh, so I didn't start feeling bad until about 8 o'clock Tuesday morning. Um, all three of us stayed home. Like, I barely got the twins to daycare. And, and you know, it's bad. When, and she'd probably kill me if, if she heard this, but I know she's not ever going to listen to this. Um, I come downstairs from, you know, like, taking a shower and – the twins are still here. I'm still thinking I might be able to go to work. Uh, and my wife is on the couch and she's crying. I said, what's the matter? She's like, I'm just so exhausted. Uh, so I said, all right, well, let's get the twins to daycare. And, and, you know, I, again, I was starting to not feel grand. Um, so it hit me, uh, really the, the meat of it, uh, early Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so, the 24 hour thing by Wednesday, we were all feeling better. Uh, resume life as normal. I got up, you know, shower, whatever, took the twins to daycare. A couple hours later, they inform us that one of the twins on his first birthday, mind you, uh, which as we're recording, this is today, um, had thrown up. And I said, okay, I'm at the office. When do you need me to come get him? And they're like, you know, just kind of as soon as possible. So, uh, about an hour or so later, I was rolling up, getting the twins. Um, and I'm sitting there, I'm FaceTiming with my sister because it is the twins birthday. She wanted to, uh, see him and the sick one who by this point was acting much better. He started pulling on my goatee, which he does a lot. And my sister who I don't think has ever been a fan of me with facial hair, not that she gets to say, um, she said, I think he's trying to tell you, you should shave it. I said, he's never seen me without it. I don't want to scare my child. (laughs) Years ago, years ago, I used to like have a goatee that I would kind of trim up and some, you know, I could trim it. This is for the video portion, folks. So if you're listening to the podcast, again, we uh, highly recommend you check out YouTube. You trim a little over here. Oh, you trim too much. Try even it out on this side. So I said, hell with it. And I just shaved it all. And my wife, who was then my, my, girlfriend or fiance at the time she's like don't do that anymore <laughs> so i couldn't tell you the last time i didn't have a goatee uh which is fine by me because it hides you know it, with with the goatee it looks like i only have one chin so it's a win-win for all involved <laughs> see todd you were covering up all that stuff going on yeah yeah i got those jowls 
Jowls. Now. Jowls. Jowls. He's got jowls. Motherfucker. Got jowls. jowls. So yeah. we had a rough day this week, but John, what? we are on pins and needles, on needles and pins. We want to hear about your experience last week. <laughs> well, I had a colonoscopy. Uh, you know, the well, pandemic for, for the younger our- for our younger listeners who never experienced the colonoscopy. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Here, here's how it goes. Everybody on the planet bitches and moans. And if you've never had a colonoscopy, all you get treated to is, oh, God, it's the worst thing ever. And this is horrible and whatever. Whatever. It's good. God, here's what you do. 24 hours before you have this, the the procedure. Uh, you stop eating and then you take a whole shit ton of laxatives and you shit and you shit and then you shit some more. And then when you think you're done shitting, you take some more laxatives and shit some more. Basically you clean your entire system out. I don't know if you always, you know, they always said John Wayne died with 20 pounds undigested meat in his colon, you know, well, John Wayne wouldn't have been so fucking cranky if he'd had a colonoscopy had to clean that (laughs) shit out once in a while, probably. You know, but, I, uh, uh, you know, you go in, you go in, they ask you some questions. You know, it, it was a very nice procedure. They put you to sleep. You wake up. That's it. And then they go, here's what the inside of your colon looks like. And for me, they didn't have any problems. Now, the thing is, is, uh, you know, in December, my brother went in for one of these. And in three weeks later, four weeks later, he was dead from colon cancer. So, mm. You know, it's you go get them because you want to find the shit out ahead of time. And uh, you don't want this to be the way, you know, I, if I'm going to be done, finally, I want to be done in a big fucking explosion. That's what I or fighting a bear. Right. Fighting a fucking bear in a big explosion during so a want, snowstorm. So you want to take on the bear with like dynamite strapped to your chest? No. Just with oh. uh, uh, oh, my hands. Oh, thunder and lightning. Or, or... Did you ever see the movie Legends in the Fall? Yes. Brad Pitt, movie. the end of that movie, right? The end of that movie, nobody knows what happened to him. And then they show Brad Pitt fighting a bear. That's that's the ending I want okay. with an explosion in a big snowstorm. I don't want to die by cancer, man. This fucking sucks. I've seen too many people do this already. And you, trust me, you don't want it. Now, the and I will point out one humorous thing that did happen before the procedure, Todd. The anesthesia guy came in and asked me a bunch of questions. And I he said, do you have any questions? And I said, what year was the Magna Carta signed? <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you know, Before people got so offended by everything, I used to ask people at the end of my questionnaire, I used to ask them, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? And I thought of you, Todd. And then I answered him. I looked at him and I said, you know, given how shitty our two other options are, being a Communist Party member doesn't look so fucking bad anymore. I got all excited and he got excited and we're going to join the commie party. And then they were like, you're in a clinic, shithead. Why don't you shut up and calm down? It does. We're going to put you to sleep. It does give new meaning to go big red. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. But we did the colonoscopy and, uh, you know, I had some they you know, they examine your colon in your rear end with a tube, a little thing that goes up there and looks around. And did did you get the polyps? Did you get the game film? 
you get pictures. I don't want no oh. game film. <laughs> what the fuck? That's just weird. But they put you, yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, is it unpleasant? Yes. It's not fun not eating for a day. <coughs> and it's certainly not fun taking, you know, if you drink so much liquid that you feel like you're going to explode. And then you do. Yes, you do. You know, so it's not it's not the terrible, god awful, horrible thing that people make it out to me, unless you have really shitty doctors. <laughs> Pun. Anyway, um, they came in and they showed me pictures of uh, you know the polyps, and I have one big polyp and polyp, and I named that the Donald Trump polyp because it was a large cancerous piece in my colon near my ass, which sounds really descriptive of proper things. We should probably move on and get the hell, get away from the abyss I pulled you to again. The things important happened thing, in sports, didn't they? The important thing, folks, is uh, there's no, uh, aside from exercise and eating right, the number three thing that you can really do is preventative medicine. Uh, take all these preventative measures, uh, do, do your regular screenings, uh, you know, be it, uh, uh, colonoscopies, prostate exams, mammograms, the, the, the things you need to do that are regularly advised by your physicians. Uh, we here at the five heart podcast really recommend that you do them. And we're not even doctors. I just play one on TV. I stayed in a holiday Inn express. Are you? In a I get exams all the time. <laughs> no, I will be uh, Sunday night. But yeah. Well, You'll are you going to go watch some exam? college baseball? Not yet. Uh, that'll be a week from Friday, taking off. So, nope. I'm going to uh, God's country. Head to Carney on Sunday. Uh, Carney, Cozad, and Gothenburg are my the Swedes. The Swedes. Oh. The Swedes. Yes. And, it's 18 and the miles Coz- from where I grew up. If I remember correctly, it's been a minute. The Cozad Haymakers. I think that's correct. I, think, yeah. I have I have uh game highlights. Shadron represent uh versus Cozad in two thousand five state football playoffs. These highlights actually made it to Sports Nightly's uh, high school highlights that would play on Thursday nights on the show broadcast across the state. My highlights a come from behind effort, mind you, by the great Shadron Cardinals uh, over the Cozad Haymakers uh, at Cardinal Field there in Shadron. Um, I'm very pleased. I, I still have the, that, those clips. I, I listen to them from time to time and go back to the glory days of there you go. There when you radio go. was fun for me. <laughs> Speaking of sports, sports, some things happened uh, this past week, and we're here to talk about it. That's what we do on the five heart. Look, we we relive the glory days. We talk about Todd's facial hair over the years. Uh, we remind you to get all of your preventative health screenings, and we talk about sports. Okay, okay. I will go with it. <laughs> Let's start with Nebraska ball. Uh, earlier this week, Nebraska ball last to Northwestern, which is, you know, kind of the, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. But another and more positive lather, rinse, repeat from the Nebraska men's basketball team is Bryce McGowan's, who over the weekend earned his, uh, I, I guess it was announced Monday, but whatever, earned his seventh Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors, including his fourth straight. And so, 
I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, first of all, well, I'm glad that when I did, Todd's like, who the hell's Bryce McGowan's? <laughs> uh, he, his name's on coronation apparently every week for the last four weeks, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but um, two things. One, why is he? Let me, we know he's not going to be in Lincoln next year. I mean, he's going to go pro. You know, he's going to enter the draft, things like that. And two, it's it, this is more of a statement than a question. I guess the other one was more of a statement than a question. But I feel bad that a young man of his caliber is being straight up wasted on a team that sucks. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, John. I guess we'll, we'll really just take your thoughts, John, because Todd doesn't know anything about basketball. Todd, you remind me of my friend of the show, Josh. You're like, what the hell's basketball? It's wrestling season. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, John? It's You know, I guess he's probably – I think the big thing about him is he going to win Big Ten of the freshman of the year. Are they going to give it to a guy that's on such a terrible team that's probably, you know, going to finish last in the conference unless some miracle happens the Big Ten tourney. They'll still finish last in the regular season. Direct direct uh, question from that: If you win Big Ten like freshman of the a week honors more than any other player, does that automatically like shouldn't that make you the defensive player of the year? Or sorry, the freshman player of the year? No. Well, that's crap. (laughs) It is, but you know, I I mean, you have the discussion of are you going to give it to a guy that's on a terrible team uh, rather than the other guys that are freshmen and. You know, I guess it is kind of a shame that he's being wasted on this team. And on the other hand, he's part of the team and, you know, he certainly contributed to it. But um, I think when you watch this team play basketball, it's pretty clear that they don't really play it as a team. They do. They have flashes of absolute brilliance and then they don't. And I think at this point in the in the season, um, I don't want to say they've completely quit. But it's pretty easy to sit. They're just done. I mean, they're, you know, we're all waiting for the season to get over. I'm still in favor of retaining Fred Hoiberg just because I don't see any other way out of this, honestly. He's got he's got big guys coming in. I think that was a big problem with this season is Derek Walker's really the only serviceable big guy we have on the basketball team. Eduardo Andre plays decently sometimes, but he is not a Big Ten consistent big guy. He's just not. He hasn't developed to that point. Uh, that and we need a, a true point guard rather than Alonzo Verge. I know a lot of people hate Alonzo Verge. Here's the thing. I, I was thinking I was going to do a YouTube video in support of Fred Hoiberg uh, because it would be the dumbest thing I could possibly do because it's probably pretty unpopular opinion. But um, I think that I guess I don't there's not an easy I, I want to put this. One of my pet peeves in sports all of the time is when people say that guy should be fired or that they should be starting somebody else at right tackle or they should be, you know, somebody else should be uh, the receivers, but then they don't have anybody else. You'll go, okay, who are you going to put in for Bryce Benhart? Well, I don't know. Well, then fucking, then what do you know? You know, shit. That's what you know. You know, he sucks. He do. Okay. Who's the fucking, what's the solution here? Asshole. That's the thing that bugs me about a lot of this bitching about it. Well, about everything, honestly, is that, yeah, we have a problem. Our team is terrible. They're not even competitive. And it isn't because of the talent level. 
It's because they, they just are not together as a team. You know, you watched him play Northwestern the last game and, you know, they played for a while and then the, the game started slipping away. And, you know, Derek Walker, who normally has been very, very good, just really wasn't making any effort whatsoever on defense. And the moment that that happens, everybody else just kind of goes, okay, well, whatever. And then you can just see it happen. You know, in the game before that, Derek Walker got taken out of the game. Eduardo Andre came in. And you could see the confidence just go away from the team because they're like, well, if we got this guy in here, they don't even throw him the ball sometimes when he's just flat out by himself. So they don't have a lot of faith in Andre's ability to play basketball. And when you have that problem as a team, you know, I, you know, I guess, I don't know. I don't see another solution besides Fred Hoiberg. And three years is not enough. Depending, if you want to say three years is enough to turn Nebraska basketball around, I got to think you you don't ever pay attention to basketball or Nebraska basketball. You don't care. You just join in the crowd that wants to bitch about stuff. What the fuck? The biggest, I, I think, the best option certainly is to retain Hoiberg, and accompanied with that, like not even one A or one A and one B, but we have to see some uh, roster retention as well. There's been a ton of turnover uh, it, yeah. ever since, you know, Tim Miles left and, and Hoiberg took over and he retained Thor uh, and, and a kid who did, couldn't play was ineligible to play uh, under Miles last year. Uh, and, and I apologize. I don't even remember that young man's name, um, but I know he came in and, and tried to contribute because he was at least a little familiar with the, the surroundings, but um and, and we all love Thor. And, and, but you know why we loved Thor? Cause he was there for four years, you know, like he yeah. grew on us and he grew as a player. Yeah. Uh, you know, it grew as a leader. Uh, the, the, the Thor we had in, in, uh, in 2020 or the, the nineteen twenty season, you know, that, that got the season, of course, that got you know, ended by Indiana, but also uh, by COVID, you know, realistically, was not the same Thor that came in under two miles. You know, he had some maturity. What Hoiberg has lacked, it, Nebraska, and look, this is Captain Obvious stating the obvious here, but Nebraska is not a Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. Um, they're not going to be able to bring in a couple superstars and it, just jump, you know, the ranks. They This is a, a team a program that has to build from the foundation up. So whether you're bringing in, you know, was it they say your first five-star recruit or, you know, the, the recruiting the Hoiberg has done, it's been great, but we can't just have these guys be one and done. We have to, you know, I, like I said, I'm not anticipating Bryce McGowan's is still going to be here next year. No. I hope I'm wrong, but you know, he's got too much of an upside certainly, but you got to keep everybody around him. And you have to, like you said, John, bring in those bigs that are, uh, uh, you know, committed and, and ready to come to Lincoln. You have to, you have to have some consistency, which is not what Hoiberg has had in his time right. here in Nebraska. You know, what the other, the other thing too about this is, you know, from from my perspective, is that, um, you know, Hoiberg had has a system in place. And, um, you know, he's worked to adapt it to the Big Ten. 
Um, he's, I think he's still working to adapt it to the conference. Uh, that being said, I think, you know, just from a distance, and that's kind of where I'm at with, with basketball, um, it's frustrating that the team doesn't play as a team. It's, it's frustrating that the team uh, at times lacks a lot of effort. Uh, and, and, you know, Fred Hoiberg has to look in the mirror and recognize that that's on him. Um, you know, the, the head coach is responsible for getting a team to play together as a team to fulfill their roles, you know, to do what they practice, to, 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 you know, if, if, if their job, you know, is to get 10 minutes a game and, and just rebound like hell, then, you know, that's what has to happen when they're out on the court. And, from everything that I read, um, it does not sound like uh, that that those five individuals out on the floor take what they've been working on in the practice gym and and implement that out on the on the basketball court. And you know the old old timers, you know, can say, well, you know, they're all selfish players, or they're just in it for themselves, or or uh, you know, they're only worried about their own stats or getting their shots or that type of thing, and. You know, it's kind of hard to argue with that a little bit when you you see the kind of breakdowns and just, you know, the the utter failure <laughs> that this team has had at different times. That being said, you know, it's a goofy game. Iowa just blew Michigan State out of the water last night. I mean, yeah. just absolutely <clears throat> destroyed them. And I know that Michigan State's down this year, but I don't think anybody expected that kind of a bloodbath, you know, to happen to a Tom Izzo team. So, Strange things happen in this game, but unfortunately, Nebraska's experienced a, you know, a horrible Big Ten season. Good news, <clears throat> similar to Nebraska football, is there's really only one way for it to go next year. <laughs> so, well, the other good news is that they haven't started any fights. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, back to one other, one quick thing though, you know, you, you, your first question, Greg was, is Bryce McGowan's the big 10, you know, freshman of the year. And I, you know, I, I agree with what John says, you know, they often look at, you know, what's the, what, you know, what freshman had an impact on a, on one of the top teams. Who, who's that, the best, who's the best freshman on the best team. Yeah. You know, that happens mm-hmm. a lot, but you know, when you think about it, Bryce McGowan's has been the big 10 freshman of the week you know, however many times, a bunch, uh, eight times, seven times, I can count seven. Okay. You know, that's pretty impressive. And, and you would think that that work, you know, would have to be noticed. And, you know, on the flip side, on the women's side, you know, you got uh, Alexis Markowski who, you know, she's been the freshman player of the week, I think more so than any other freshman in the conference. So wouldn't that be kind of interesting if it does in fact happen, then Nebraska has the two freshman players of the year. And uh, you know, that, that would be kind of cool, but I don't know. We'll see if it happens. And that's how you build a winning program is you get the top player, the freshman year who hopefully, I mean, again, not likely, but you know, hopefully he sticks around. I don't, I don't see him staying. Uh, I, I think he's he's gone to. If you can play that well for a team as bad as Nebraska, then you're going to be scooped up in the lottery uh, on yeah. on NBA draft day. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about that fight, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 
the talk it, about somebody else's shitty stuff. <laughs> this is a, just an episode of shit. That's what this is. <laughs> well, well, I have some good things too, probably around the end, maybe. I guess <laughs> my question to you two guys. Okay, so you know, Juwan Howard had an incident last year with you know the coach from Maryland where he <laughs> threatened to kill him. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe I could be wrong. I don't think there were any repercussions, reprimands or any consequence for him, you know, when that happened. OK, so then he throws this uh, open handed, you know, punch, if you will, at, at Wisconsin's head coach. From your perspective, you know, the consequence was he what got a forty thousand dollar fine, something like that. And forty thousand uh, dollars. And he and he misses the rest of the se- the regular season. So that's five ball games. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, and I heard, you know, one talking head on the radio make a comment that him missing these five games is much more significant than him missing the Big Ten tournament. Michigan has not played its way into the NCAA tournament. Yet. Right. They don't they haven't locked up a spot. And if they're going to play in the big dance, they're going to have to end this season on a high note and, uh, you know, chalk up a few more wins. All of that being said, is that five game suspension? Is that a reasonable consequence for the fact that a coach struck another coach? Is so, that a reasonable uh, consequence? I'll answer your first. That's or, the or right respond to your first statement, coach. Uh, first, um, Michigan beat Rutgers tonight. Uh, so that's one game down, and it was a W. You know, for for the Michigan fans that are listening to this, uh, all none of you. Um, if you think about it, I, I, I don't want to say it's necessarily like a pattern of repetitive behavior. There was one instance last season and one instance this season. Uh, I don't think in any. I think what bothered me as much as the, or maybe more than the, you know, the open-handed slap contact, whatever that was made was in his post-game presser. He was like, uh, I'm from the streets of Chicago. And you, like it, at some point, just have just a little bit of humility. You know, like, you know what? Um, I, he had a great opportunity to say, coach said something I didn't like. And uh, then there was, you know, you know, I'm not saying, you know, throw somebody else under the bus, perhaps undeservingly, but obviously something was said that, that he uh, responded negatively to. I, well, I'm not a Michigan fan, not a Juwan Howard fan. So I hope this doesn't come across as biased, but I don't think he needs to be on the bench the rest of the season. I don't think he needs to be, I mean, by postseason include, I don't think they need to fire him. That's a Michigan call. But at, at some point, I thought the league would have stepped in and said, hey, you know, we've got two instances here. The fine, I mean, realistically, there's some booster that'd be like, we got you, coach. We'll, we'll, we'll write you that that fine or whatever. Um, but, yeah, let him, let him watch the rest of this one from, from home. You know what, what? What does Michigan see themselves as? You know what I mean? That, that's really what this is about. You've yeah. heard – if you've ever been around the Big Ten, you've heard the term Michigan man, right? In other words, Michigan sees themselves as is some levels of pretentiousness and snobbery involved, but they see themselves as elite, 
All right. They see themselves as maybe not necessarily better than everybody, but holding themselves to a very high standard. And they haven't held themselves to a very high standard if this guy is going to continue to do this. I mean, just because he's your guy, we all defend who our guys are now, and we want the other people crucified. I, you know, Desmond Howard put a tweet out because he's a fucking idiot. <clears throat> Here's what he said. I saw Jawan walking away and Wisconsin coach put his hands on him to stop. First mistake. That's it? A guy puts his hands on you and that escalates to basically what is violence because there was a brawl. If that's all it takes, if that's all it takes, then well, fuck, let's just go beat the shit. No wonder we're all pissed off at each other and angry over the, all, all the time. Maybe instead of using the word Karen or Susan, we should start using the word Jawan. <laughs> bitchy fucking motherfuckers that can't just can't hold their shit together over something so insignificant. And what well, apparently set him off was that at the end of the game, Michigan was getting their ass kicked. Wisconsin had took their starters out. Wisconsin put a Michigan put a full court press on the court. And Wisconsin's coach called a timeout so they could inbound the ball properly. And that pissed Juwan Howard off. With your permission, uh, guys, yeah. I want to read this uh, uh, directly from ESPN.com. It's, it's a much lengthier version of, of the rundown you just gave, John. Uh, but it said in the final minute of Wisconsin's 77-63 home win on Sunday, guard, the uh, head coach at Wisconsin for context, substituted his walk-ons, his walk-ons, yeah. into the game. Michigan, which still had its regulars on the floor, was pressing full court, leading guard to call a timeout to settle his team and give it a chance to cross court without having to turn the ball, uh, have, without turning the ball over. Uh, it goes on to say, following the final buzzer, guard grabbed Howard's arm as he walked past in an attempt to stop and talk to him. The two men exchanged words with Howard, putting his finger in guard's face and grabbing guard's shirt before being surrounded by several players and coaches. Krabenhoft, who was the uh, Wisconsin assistant who got hit, then came over in the middle of the scrum and exchanged words with Howard, and Howard reached out and struck Krabenhoff's face. Um, uh, Howard did uh, release a statement uh, on Monday um, uh, with an apology. But you know, there's there's through history there are you know a lot of instances where coaches' behavior has been totally unacceptable, and you know. People have turned a blind eye to it for one reason or another. Um, you know, read any biography that's been written about Bobby Knight. And that guy, his, his behavior was absolutely reprehensible and disgusting. Now, you know, it, we can also say that times have changed and that Bobby Knight, you know, wouldn't be able to get away with right. anything close, you know, today with uh, what he did back then. But, you know, I'm not so sure about that. Um, Michigan does hold themselves to a high standard. John's absolutely right with that whole ideal. And the Big Ten Conference suspended Juwan Howard for two games. That's the maximum they could. So Michigan's, you know, threw three on top of that. Um, Greg, I agree with you. I think the guys should have to cool off for the remainder of the basketball season. Um, I just think back, and I understand it's a completely different situation. Juwan Howard hit another coach. Um, Woody Hayes hit a player, and that was the last that Woody Hayes ever coached. Um, you and know, that was in 1975. Exactly. Back when Bobby Knight was 
you know, just a pup, you know, doing his crack. But, um, I, you know, I, I guess I've heard a lot of people say he shouldn't get fired for this. Well, if, if I walked up to a person that I work with and I was angry and I punched them, I'm sure as hell getting fired. You show me, you show me any other occupation where a person can go and punch another person and walk away from it with a, with, you know, a slap on the wrist. And, and those apologists out there who want to say, well, that's college basketball is a physical game and, you know, emotions run high. And so it's a different situation than the world of work. Well, bullshit. Juwan Howard isn't getting physical out there on the court. He's not getting elbows thrown in his face. You know, those are players that are playing the game. There's my soapbox. He shouldn't be coaching. Pro wrestling. How long you could hand, hold that? Okay, go ahead. Pro there, there are a lot of times, Todd, where there will be two individuals in an altercation in the wrestling ring. And this is, you know, I haven't watched wrestling in years. I'm just going by past. Uh, okay. And a third individual comes in, inserts himself into that altercation physically. He is never fired. My mistake, Greg. I forgot. <laughs> I did, it didn't occur to me the professional wrestling. He may sometimes what, be uh, uh, led away in handcuffs from security. <laughs> but, Here's what I want. If Juwan Howard is going to keep coaching, I want the entire Big Ten student bodies to come up with a chant that drives him completely batshit out of his fucking mind every time he's on a court. Every time he doesn't play at home, when he goes to another court, I want them chanting something that turns his head into a giant boiling rage, a cauldron that can't think straight because he's hearing, Juwan, time out. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't come up with it, but I want it to happen. Stop, That's just don't like punch. Stop, <laughs> don't punch. Oh, Stop, don't punch. Well, there will only be one opportunity for one of those road games for Michigan. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, beating Rutgers uh, the, the night we record this uh, Wednesday, they have three more home games, and then they r- wrap up the regular season on the road at and Ohio State University. I think the students at Ohio State University, they may come up with something. Uh, they, yeah, they, it's not, they have to. Because like I said, this, this needs to be Juwan associated with Karen. Because this is, I mean, you can't, you can't look at another coach, Mark Turgeon last year and say, I'm going to fucking kill you. Who did that years ago? John Thompson, I think it did it once at Georgetown, right? I remember. I think John Thompson had a problem where he blew up once and then, uh, oh, come on. Cheney from, it's not Temple, is it? John John Cheney? Coach Cheney. Cheney. He went, he went completely batshit insane on a court once. But, you know, those were one-time things that those coaches did. This is, you know, Juwan And they Hart's... didn't punch anybody. They didn't punch anybody. Right. You know, right. it's, it's kind of – but you can't punch them. You can do a lot, but you can't throw a punch. I it, think the whole funny thing about this is the Twitter war between the Wisconsin people and the Michigan people about who started it is if everybody now – the whole world is angry about every fucking thing that happens ever. But apparently 
It's okay to do shit if you didn't start it. And then we wonder, why is everybody so angry about everything? I don't know. Maybe because somebody gets touched and they explode. Fuck. Come on. Be better. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I, I thought we had the title for this week's show in Juwan is the new Karen, but I think I'm going to keep it simpler and just be like, be better. Be better. <laughs> Well, apparently the way to be better, according to the whiny ass that coaches Iowa, whiny Fran, is to get rid of the handshake line. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. So so we don't worry about coaches. If coaches get mad and they want to pout and they want to throw a little tantrum and go stomping off to the locker room at the end of the game, that's acceptable adult behavior. Yeah, I, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. You got and a then, next generation and, and, that's looking to these people for leadership. There you go. And crybaby Fran, he even said on the radio that there have been a couple of games in the last two years where he chose not to go through the handshake line because he was so angry and upset about the outcome of the game. You know, I think I think one of his his reasons were, you know, it, it, the emotions are so high at, at that moment. You know, get a grip. Well, but. Part of college athletics, you know, we still haven't lost the fact, totally lost the fact that part of college athletics is a learning experience, okay? And we are paying these men and women hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to be leaders in the case of men's basketball, being leaders of young men, teaching them how to deal with adversity teaching them how to pick themselves up when they've been knocked down. And you got to be kidding me that an adult after, you know, experiencing a frustrating loss can't suck it up and walk 10 feet and shake the hands of an opponent because it's too damn emotional. Yeah. I I I used to be a skeptic of the handshake line because all I used to see you know, he started out with little kids and all it is, is a three second flyby where they all try to smack hands. They don't have any concept of what that's all about. And then I saw that replicated or, you know, even when I was back in high school, you know, you'd go through that and it was still kind of the walk by high five, go watch a high school football game, go watch a high school basketball game, go watch some of those events now and watch those kids when they go through the handshake lines. They are sincere. They shake a hand. They look somebody in the eye. Yeah. On the same weekend in Iowa, there were two assholes that punched somebody in one from Carlisle and one from some other town. They punched an opponent in the handshake line. Well, they were reprimanded severely for that. But we've got to teach people how to handle adversity. We've got to teach people that sportsmanship is still important. And if whiny ass Fran McCaffrey wants to do away with the, with the handshake line, he can stick his head up my ass and come out the other side. Wow. There you go, Fran. You read that differently. When I saw Fran McCaffrey's comment, what I thought was that gutless motherfucker doesn't want to make any comment about his colleagues, so he's just deflecting the whole thing. 
I mean, Tom Izzo said this is bad for basketball. Tom Izzo has the guts to say that. Fran McCaffrey is like, we, we, I don't want to say anything bad about these guys. I have to play against them. So I'll just say we shouldn't do the handshake line. Yeah, it is. It's pretty, you know, you can't, you, you're right. You, we can't expect the, the generation below us to grow up and, and do what we say and not what we do. And this is how the people that we chose as leaders uh, act. Look, Greg, I go ahead, Todd. You're a hockey fan. Yeah. And I understand that at the end of every hockey game, regular season game, they don't shake hands. You know, I, I at least I don't believe they do. Oddly enough, neither they don't do it in baseball either. They don't do it in baseball either. At the College World Series, the only time in college baseball, and and um, when I've seen three game series and stuff, oftentimes they'll shake hands after the last game. Mm-hmm. They'll walk through after the last game, but. Holy moly, you know, uh, to, when you watch, you know, the NHL playoffs and stuff, those are some of the fiercest battles you're ever going to see. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching the competition. There have been some heartbreaking, heartbreaking losses in some of those game sevens where, you know, those guys have laid it out there on the line and they're all just beat to hell. And they suck it up and they take off the gloves and they walk through the line and they shake hands. Yep. After I, beating each other with sticks, for yes, God's sake. Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing I think that Fran McCaffrey and so many people often forget. And I know that there's millions and, and with media rights things, sometimes billions of dollars involved. But at the end of the day, isn't this just a game? Isn't this just to be supposed to be for some measure of fun? And, and again, I, I get it. There's sponsors and there's, you know, uh, 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 sellout streaks and, and there's everything else that goes. But at, at the, you have kids who, regardless of the sport, you know, the, the grade schoolers want to play in high school. The high school guys want to play in college. The college guys want to play at the next level. But they're all out there to play a game. Uh, I, I can't remember the, the coach now. Um, uh, or I mean, hell, not a, not a coach. Um, shit, the, the famous Allen Iverson rant. You know, he's like, it's a game. It's a game I love. You talking about practice? <laughs> you know, it, and that's a horrible. It, it's, it doesn't even work in context. So I apologize on, on several levels, but uh, it, it's a game and it's supposed to be fun. And you're right. There's supposed to be some level of um, education to uh, you know, like, Hey, you, you win the right way. You lose the right way. It, we hear it. I, I, we don't hear it much anymore. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I heard a Nebraska team release their, some version of the Husker prayer. Right. Um uh, if we should win, let it be by the code. Faith and honor held high. If we should lose, we'll stand by the road and cheer as the winners go by. We don't – there's there's not – if that is if that gets lost, and, and I to, – to some extent, I do feel like the, the handshake line is an obligation. Obligations are not necessarily bad, especially if they're positive obligations – born out of etiquette and born out of sportsmanship. Um, If those traditions get lost because someone's boo-boo faced, let's just cancel the whole fucking thing. 
Well, those call it number one. You you forget that it is might be just a game, but this is about my ego, Greg. I can't. Not your play ego, basketball. John. I it's about my ego, <laughs> and I can't play basketball and I can't play football. So those guys better do it for me, and they better do it well. Otherwise, they can go fuck themselves and be fed maggot infested meat like the dirt bags they are. Because they're not gratifying my ego. And on a serious note, the problem with the, the whole handshake line is, you know, whether they like the, whether they not, you know, Charles Barkley didn't want to be a role model. The guys in college have kids that are in high school and kids that are looking up to them to see what their behavior is. You know, so all of this stuff trickles down. You know, let's you start about- all the way at the top. And, and, you know, I tend to go off into politics sometimes. We do the same thing there. We support the guys that are on our side and we hate the other side when all of them are doing the same shitty stuff and you know it trickles down into our sports and here we are with our sports with having to deal with this because joan howard can't apparently act like a grown adult in public around his team and around people that pay millions of dollars and, and to that point so, john and and agree you know piggybacking on what todd said earlier is this is the coach this isn't even a 19 20 21 year old young man uh i almost said kid but that's just because i'm more than or almost double what a 20 year old is in age uh but this is a coach this is uh to quote uh, i'm gonna get it wrong um uh hell mike gundy figured out there (laughs) a man (laughs) he should know better and I don't care. I don't care if he grew up uh, uh, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, South Side. It, it, look, be better. Yeah, it should be. Okay. Well, let's talk about something that will put a smile on Todd's face. Wrestling. Not the kind I talked about a moment uh, ago <laughs> with steel chairs and steel cages. But it is important to note that Nebraska wrestling, which 10th ranked, uh, had a, a loss, but a narrow loss to the number two squad in the country this past weekend, Todd. And I know you yeah. want to talk about it. Well, you know, it's I, I, I guess going in and I've seen them, you know, I, I went to one duel this year, the Purdue duel, and I've watched Nebraska on TV a few times too. And quite honestly, I, I thought as a team, they're, they've under underperformed, underachieved. Uh, there were, you know, there have been some some good moments. Uh, you know, I, it's fun to watch Ridge Lovett, uh, the 285-pounder Christian Lance. He's really had a good season overall. But, you know, I, I've been disappointed maybe with, you know, overall with the performances from a lot of these guys. Well, Iowa came to town uh, this weekend, number two ranked Iowa. Um, and on a, actually on coronation in one of Dylan's articles in the comments, um, somebody had predicted that, uh, you know, there's 10 matches and, uh, he was predicting that, uh, it would split five and five and, uh, but Iowa would win because they'd get a major decision and that would be the difference. And so I popped in there and I said, I only see Nebraska win in one, maybe two matches. Uh, I just didn't think based upon what I saw that Nebraska would compete. Well, they did and, and good on them. 
Um, they really kind of came alive after, you know, the midway point halftime, if you will. And um, I think the biggest match of the night was Mikey Labriola knocking off Michael Kemmerer. Um, I think, you know, when I say it's been disappointing to watch, Mikey Labriola has not wrestled well this year up until that point. Um, I think, I think, I don't know this for sure because they've never, they never released it. I think that he had COVID at the beginning of the year. I took it. I think it took him a while to come back from that, but I just thought technique wise, I thought he was sloppy and I thought he was giving up his legs far too easy. And I just didn't, at times it didn't look like he was really motivated. He wrestled one heck of a match against Michael Kemmer and, and he deserved, he deserved to win that match. Um, that was an exciting, exciting victory for Nebraska and an exciting victory for Labriola. He hadn't beaten Kemmerer before. Um, Kemmerer's a, he's a proven commodity. And then right after that, uh, Taylor Vence, who he hasn't wrestled well this year. Uh, you know, he didn't wrestle well last year until he got to the big 10 tournament. And then he just kind of, the light bulb came on and he was kicking butt and taking names at the big 10 tournament. And he wrestled well at the nationals too, but Taylor Vence, he comes out, gives up a quick takedown to Abe Assad, and he's down two to nothing. But then it seems like that's what motivated him. And lo and behold, after a, you know some back and forth, they end up on their feet, and Venz locks up Assad in a body lock and takes him right down to his back and pins him. I wasn't in the arena. My dad was in the arena. And he said that that was the biggest crowd that he's ever seen in Devaney for a wrestling match. A lot of Iowa fans, not that far. The Bumblebees showed up, so they were there. Um, but he had never heard that place as loud as it was when, um, when Venn stuck a sod. So then you got that, you know, that's a six-point win right there. And then you got Schultz comes out at 197, and he beats Jacob Warner for like the third or fourth time in a row. And you've got, in essence, you know, it's a, it's a two-point meet. Uh, almost. And um, then the heavyweight match, uh, uh, Cassiope from Iowa just dominated Kristen Lance. But nonetheless, um, Nebraska came alive and they made it a very exciting, interesting meet. It was fun to see the elevated mat. It was fun to see the spotlight out on the mat and everything I understand you know, from people that were there, it was a really exciting night. Uh, you could hear it on TV. You could hear, let's go Hawks, let's go Hawks. And then the big 10 fans or the big red fans, they just, they wouldn't stand for that. And they'd start their <laughs> chanting. So it was, it was uh, a lot of back and forth. I thought, I thought it was really interesting when I was watching it. Um, you know, I watched it recorded. Um, but uh, Tim Johnson, who he was the color commentator and Tim Johnson, He's a he's a walking encyclopedia of of wrestling, and uh, he and Shane Sparks were talking about uh, what was going on either during the Labriola or the Venz match, and he made some comments. He says, "This is just wonderful, especially when you take into consideration how these two fan bases feel about each other." <laughs> and so, um, no love lost there. Good night for Husker wrestling. Too bad they ended up on the on the short end, but nonetheless. It was uh, senior day uh, yeah. for Nebraska for that duel. I think the biggest thing, and and I was uh, following along. I mean, I, I had it pulled up, but as you were talking, I was following along on coordination.com with uh, Dylan's terrific write-up. Um, honestly, 
and look, this is going to come across as bias because he's our boy and, and it's coordination, but I don't think anybody out there covers Nebraska wrestling as well as thoroughly as Dylan. So That's uh, true. if you're a, if you're a Absolutely. Husker wrestling fan, um, just know that it's there on coordination. He, he's following it year round uh, with, with the, obviously the in-season stuff, the uh, off-season, uh, you know, like tournaments and, and things like that. That some of these guys, he, he incoming recruits, he's he is on the ball. Uh, and I hope it is my honest to God hope that uh, he continues to be our little secret because he's vastly underpaid. Uh, and I would hate to lose him to well, never mind. Apparently, Omaha World Herald and Lincoln Journal Star are are dropping sports writers left and right. So I think, I think we're safe. Dylan's not going, but the biggest shock to me, go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry. No, Dylan does an amazing job. And somehow we need to get the word out about coordination to wrestling fans. If they, if wrestling fans in the state of Nebraska discovered Dylan, they'll, they'll jump on the bandwagon with coordination. We just got to figure out how to get the word to them. Uh, the the biggest surprise uh, to me from Dylan's uh, article uh, came via a tweet that he included in the post about the 10 seniors. And I was really surprised in, in a happiest way. Mikey Labriola is not a senior. No. So we get to see him for a little while longer. Yeah. Um, so th- tremendous news. Uh, great outing. Great showing by uh, uh, the Huskers against the, especially, you know, such a tough squad in Iowa. Uh, and Todd, I mean, I, I, kind of what you were, were leaning uh, into there is as we get closer to, you know, the big 10 tournament, things like that, it, it looks like the, these guys are really starting to come along. They really are. And, you know, the big 10 tournament is, um, you know, what, 10 days away, give or take, as we're recording this um, it's, it's at pinnacle bank. Um, oh, I'd be rocking. I think I, I won't tell you that there's a sellout, but they've sold a lot of tickets. I mean, it, uh, even if you know, it will be, it's Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota is not that far away. Penn state's coming, you know, and it will be, it will be an event. Um, even if you're just a token wrestling fan, if you can figure out a way to get in there and watch, um, it is going to be with, you got number one ranked Penn state. You got number two ranked, um, Iowa. And then you've got Michigan, who's tougher than nails, and Nebraska's looking tough right now. It, it is going to be a brouhaha, and great, great for Nebraska, great for wrestling. And one quick thing before we move on from wrestling, you want to talk about competitors uh, who, you know, leave it all out there, you know, and, and some of these losses – are emotional. The victories, you know, certainly can be as equally emotional. Uh, But one thing I've always noticed about wrestlers, and again, not the Monday night wrestlers folks, uh, but uh, uh, the, the the collegiate wrestlers, et cetera, is the sportsmanship. You know, they, they get up, they, they take off their, uh, their colored, ankle band or whatever, you know, that helps everybody keep score. They shake hands. They move on. You know, there ain't no getting out of that handshake line. (laughs) They, they face their opponent before and after. Uh, I think this is one of the things that that's an an underrated uh, love that, that the, why I really appreciate wrestling is um, first of all, there's no, 
I'm going to say this as a guy who has only watched these things from outside, right? Like my kid is in, my oldest is in kindergarten. Um, so there's no like playing time politics, you know, like, Hey coach, here's a, here's a five spot. Why don't you let a little Timmy start this week? No, you earn that uh, varsity spot or that roster spot or that starting uh, through wrestle offs and things like that. Like I know just enough, like I, I fringe knowledge of wrestling, but there are wrestle offs. So, you know, you've got the best guy at this weight group uh, going in to the duel, the, the meet the tournament, whatever. Um, and so I appreciate that aspect of it because you have to earn that spot. Nobody's handing you anything in wrestling. And then you win on your own, you lose on your own. Certainly there's coaching and there's guys, you know, your, your coaches yelling at you from the corner. Um, but you, if you want to be successful, you, you got to put in the work. You can't rely on anybody else. Right. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's go to another sport that has nothing to do with individual acc- accolades or success. Oh, it's the team sport known as football. <laughs> football. I didn't expect. I didn't expect that one. I don't, I don't know. That was a that was a bad one. I'm sorry. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> well, um, Nebraska's got their quarterback of the future committed. So this well, week. let's pump the brakes there, Chief. We'll, we'll we've got two recruits to talk about now. Didn't expect that one, did you? No. You forget. Last week I was on my own. I took one question. I talked about some women's basketball, uh, and I did not talk about any news or notes, but it doesn't matter because this news only came out after last week's uh, episode. So Creighton preps, Sam Sledge coming to Nebraska. Wait, no, yeah, no, that's football. We're good. Yep. I had to scroll down. <laughs> uh, picking Nebraska over Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State. Um, he's a legacy player uh, whose uh, father played for on the offensive line in the 80s. Um, 2023 defensive lineman that's got to make you guys happy huh huh i think the key here is that what is he ranked the fifth best player in the state of nebraska sean callahan has said that uh this year or the 2023 nebraska class is going to be one of the best in decades in a couple decades or something uh the other thing is let's see what else i'm forgetting one thing about him Legacy player, right? Is five. Do you remember uh, three his dad, star Todd? I don't remember his dad. No, I don't. He was like all big eight, I think. Offensive line, but we had so many offensive linemen that you know. Yeah, we just worried about the Outland winners and the first team All American. <laughs> those are, those key... are the only ones that we knew. We didn't know anybody <laughs> that made all just if you made just all big eight. You know, oh, wow, you know. I think the key here is that uh, you know the the you had a player in the state of Nebraska that didn't go, didn't go somewhere else. So, you know, Scott Um, Frost has caught a lot of shit for that and rightfully so. And he got this guy to stay home. So, well, the the 2023 class has already got three Nebraskans. They got sledge. They got the Gatula kid. Did I say that right? Gunner Gatula from Southeast. His dad's the coach there. He's an offensive lineman. They got a tight end from uh, Pierce, Pierce, Ben Brommer. And then uh, DiCaprio Boodle's younger brother, Dwight Boodle II. Yeah, um, yeah so Sledge is uh, currently unranked nationally by 247, but he's a three-star player. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just – I'm really glad. I'm, I'm just really happy that he chose to, to play for Nebraska over Creighton since he went to Creighton prep. 
So. Oh, Greg. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, John. Don't be a dick. <laughs> what, did I, what did I do? <laughs> All right, let's talk okay. about the, Yeah, I know. It's not what you... I'm going to tell you... Hey, hey, something my mama taught me years ago. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. So let's talk about uh, the quarterback of the future after Chubba Purdy. Uh, and that would be a three-star out of Springfield, Massachusetts, William Watson the third, Ranked as the 36th best quarterback nationally and the eighth best player out of Mass., he chose Nebraska over Tennessee, Arizona, Boston College, and others. The next his Kyler Murray. Is, his nickname is Pop. Like magnitude? Pop, pop. Well, I th- I included a tweet in, in the article I wrote about him from a guy who said, for all my Nebraska Bates life at Huddle colleagues, in other words, you know, Huddle being the site that does all the films for players trying to get recruited – Wondering who this new quarterback commit for the Huskers is, I can tell you firsthand, he's the best quarterback I've ever watched in two decades of covering high school football in Massachusetts. So I don't know, you know, I guess a firsthand guy saying that, maybe that means something. I think the key here is this. Mark Whipple comes to town. He gets Casey Thompson, Chubba Purdy, and this guy. You know, right out of the gates, we don't have to worry about a quarterback commit for 2023 because they already got their guy. They want. And it's pretty obvious. You know, you can go, well, he's only a three-star, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. But he obviously is the guy that they wanted to recruit, had a relationship with Mark Whipple uh, before Whipple came to Nebraska. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, looking at, it's uh, still February, Maybe Scott Frost is going to turn this around, huh, Todd? <laughs> well, you know, when you pull a three-star from the football hotbed of Massachusetts, you have to be optimistic about it. No, I, I think the kid can play the way it sounds. Where, where, where's the mute button for Todd? <laughs> John, handle this. Handle my light work. I, I was going to segue to something else. Segway, please get us away. Really? Yeah. Oh, there was this baseball team that lost all their games this last weekend. Not all of them. Okay, they won one. Respect. They won one in three against Sam Houston. And the problem with going one in three against Sam Houston is people who don't follow baseball, college baseball very much, look at it and go, we lost to a school that doesn't even play football. Then they think, well, they must be shitty because they're not good at football. They must they not even exist. They got Apparently. a former Husker as a head coach. So that makes them a great baseball team. Todd, why did we go one and three? Because the starting pitching stunk. Wow. It was I mean, it was it's terrible. that simple. With with the exception of uh the new guy, the McCarvel, uh from Grand Canyon, who pitched game three, uh, you know, Kyle Perry, he, he got shelled. He went, he didn't go two innings. And then, uh, you know, on uh, Shay. Sunday, well, Shay Shanneman, he struggled. Um, and then uh, Braxton Bragg, uh, he, he didn't make it very far either. It, the, the, 
you know what? Cade Povich got off to a horrible start last year against Purdue. Um, you know, and, and one series does not define a season. One series does not define a team. Um, there were, you know, in, in a couple of the games, the offense was pretty solid, but in a couple of the games, you know, when you have 13 strikeouts in a game or, or, you know, holy moly, where's that aggressive approach? But, you know, they're breaking in some young guys. Um, hopefully, you know, the, the pitchers, they can regroup and, um, you know, they got, they got a three game contest down in Arlington this weekend against TCU. And that's not going to be, um, that's, that's going to be just as difficult as Sam Houston. So do you think that the, with, with the advance of technology, they even have to worry about commuting back to Lincoln or they can just do all their classes virtually? I think they're back in town. It's horrible, um, horrible waste of taxpayer money. Um, then they turn talk- around and go back to Texas the following weekend. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. They should just stay down there. Um, quickly, I don't know. Did you guys mention I was, I was off researching something else? Um, did you mention that this same Houston team beat uh, a team that's ranked number three? Yeah, they beat Oklahoma State in a midweek game. Yeah, I mean that. So they're not they're not slouches no. at the the old baseball sport. Uh, so uh, everybody who doesn't understand how college baseball works, get off my nuts. Well. Like I said, you know, Will Bolt has has scheduled quality competition. Darren Erstead did too, you know, in the non-conference. And, um, you you know, they're going to go out and they're going to play the best they can play. Heck, you know, the home opener is going to be against Long Beach State and uh, the Dirtbags. And all they did was go down to Mississippi State, the defending College World Series champions. And uh, I know they won the first two games. I don't know if it was a three-game sweep or not, but um, they absolutely just destroyed the Bulldogs on Friday and Saturday in that series. And they'll be coming to Lincoln, um, you know, what, the 11th and 12th, I think. So it, it does appear to be a different philosophy in baseball than it does in football and even basketball. Basketball, maybe you have the benefit of the Big Ten ACC challenge. But as far as like Nebraska's non-conference football schedule goes, it's all right, what uh, Pop Warner junior high team can we roll in here and pay him a million dollars and hopefully not lose, at least in recent years. But baseball, like like you said, Todd, is they're going out of their way to bring in, you know, either bring in or go to some tough competition because they know it's only going to make them better for when they get into that that uh, Big Ten conference grind. Uh, well, and and I think at, at the beginning, maybe we overlooked uh, or underestimated uh, the competition of the Big Ten uh baseball conference you know uh we were coming from the big 12 and we knew what what they were and kind of where we stood um and but as much as i hate to say it there's you know there there's some there's a good good some good ball players in the big 10 governor well you know but that that being said you got to play good competition to get your rpi up in baseball in particular and um the Big Ten overall still is, you know, there's some good baseball. You're right. You're right, Greg. It's come a long ways. But, you know, compared to a couple of the other conferences, um, they're not as, they, you know, they don't rate as high. So it's imperative that you get some good 
strong non-conference teams to get your RPI up. Uh, it would be nice if some other Big Ten teams figured that out, you know, rather than you mean like playing. Penn State, the motherfucking anchor dwelling seller fucks. Well, they actually don't bother to play anybody but Elon 18 times every year. Well, then we got our neighbors to the east that are playing Division Three teams, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, I don't I, – I guess you're going for the wins, and it looks good, huh? Yeah. Well, anyway. What Todd and I are bitching about is this. That we have – Penn State every year – I have covered big – I have covered Nebraska baseball for, I don't know, 12 years, something like that, 13 years. And every year in the Big Ten – I got to a point where I just didn't really even want to bother with Penn State anymore. And the reason why is their RPM, there are what, about 330 Division I teams in baseball? Somewhere, Somewhere in that ball. Right? And Penn State's RPI would hover around 240, 250 all the time because they didn't schedule anybody. And then who else? Northwestern for a long time did the same thing where their RPI would – and those teams, when you play them – you could sweep them 53 to nothing every game, and all it does is hurt your RPI because your fellow conference mates don't give a shit enough about the sport that they're going to schedule and get their RPI enough uh, high enough up that it just doesn't hurt you. So screw those guys, you know? And then Iowa decides to go in the same direction where they're scheduling poop, apparently. I thought Rick Heller had more guts than that, the candy-ass little guy. Put my hands on him, you son of a bitch. Let's go. <laughs> speaking of poop and to bring it, <laughs> speaking of poop and to bring it full circle, make sure to get your colonoscopies, your regularly scheduled preventative. Look, you do preventative maintenance for your car, and your body's worth a hell of a lot more than your vehicle. So get it checked regularly and uh, stick around because we love you. We only have a, a finite number of subscribers both on audio and video. And if we lose you, I don't see you being replaced. <laughs> so we need everybody to live forever so that we can keep making money. You know, Greg, yes. maybe, we could, maybe we could start something here. You know, um, my wife had her colonoscopy the same day that John had his. And I could see if she wants to come on and tell her story about her colonoscopy. Yeah, Todd. You, you, just call her call her next to you i, I just want to hear her shoot you down because not knowing your wife a she's a saint just for putting up with you well there's a good chance todd will be dead by next week <laughs> but i don't think she wants to share that story she probably doesn't well no. it was nice knowing you todd uh i don't i don't have anything else for you guys for this week anything else that you want to share get off your chest out of your butts oh there's plenty but you know i always drag you guys to the abyss and we'll just stay we'll just go we'll be done all right that'll do it hey by the time we talk uh next week nebraska men's basketball team will have won one more game um why not? I mean, okay. You know. <laughs> Bring practice just around the corner. Yeah. February, you know, next Monday is uh, Scott Frost uh, press conference, opening press conference for spring football, which, you know, leads me to ask Todd, 
uh, next week, uh, have, how has the non-drinking month of February gone for you? It has gone. Um, I, I've, I've maintained what I said I was going to do. I'm, I'm not drinking. I've not been critical of uh, Mr. Scott Frost. Oh, Greg. Now, remember, Greg. here's the thing. No, th- this is important because you were not here last week. So you're going to carry over your positive uh, or at least your non-negative uh, uh, of Scott Frost <laughs> aspect into, into one episode in March to make up for you being gone last week. Oh, Greg. You can bring alcohol. I don't care. Oh, my God. When you did that look on your face, now I know who you remind me of. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah, I do. Cut. See, I thought I looked with my beard. I thought I looked like Ernest Hemingway. But you're right. I look like Mark Hamill. The force be with you. Not Ernest Hemingway. This is going to be a deep. You thought you looked like Ernest Hemingway? (laughs) Yeah, I did. This is going to be a deep cut reference that most of our younger uh, and maybe even older uh, listeners and viewers aren't going <laughs> to. Ernest Hemingway, no. Ernest Borgnine, maybe. Well, okay. Er- Ernest, you know. <laughs> okay. Wrap it up, okay, Greg. Greg. You okay, Greg? Okay. Apparently, it's my turn to wrap it up. I'm sorry. I, I was. I, I even got the wrong Ernest. I apologize. We'll bring a different Ernest next week, uh, but not that Ernest because his real name is Jim and he's dead. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, this has been a fun episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, it's important to remember the aspect of fun because yes, with all the millions and billions of dollars and scholarships and potential, you know pro careers this is at the end of the day it's it's a game it's a sport it's supposed to be fun so let's not take it too seriously you never get out alive right so um for my esteemed colleagues and friends todd wolverton john dam johnston i'm greg mahachko reminding you this week and every week that five heart and a little fun is all you need john go big red Go big red. red.